Hello, and welcome to, well, not what you were thinking it was going to be. This is Zook, and uh, I am on my own this week. Zoner is enjoying, or rather, maybe not enjoying, a new job, and is currently training out in Ohio for the next three weeks. Uh, Schmitty is still on sabbatical, and unfortunately not a lot happened this week thanks to me getting bogged down with some real-life issues. Uh, so we will be back next week with another uh, fun Stolen Droids episode. I have some wonderful guest hosts that'll be joining us. And in the meantime, I thought I would go ahead and throw on a classic Stolen Droids episode. Uh, you get to experience what it was with our original theme, with our original crew, and I'm sorry, some of our original equipment. Uh, this one comes from a few years ago called uh, That's Our Sausage. It's also where the sausage joke first got started. So here's a fun flashback. If you want to skip it, you won't hurt my feelings, but... Hey, it's at least good for a bit of a laugh. Uh, and until next week, cheers. Hello, and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 41. I'm Smitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And, uh, wow, the wormhole is swallowing us earlier. <laughs> Zoner, Zoner, Zoner. Come see him Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. Kids under two are yeah. free, free. You know, it, it's weird, because as we've been talking here, I've, like, occasionally I'll say something, but I hear it coming out before, out through my headset before it comes out of my mouth. It's like I'm I'm literally in some sort of wormhole here. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I'm speaking to us from the future. I told you to unplug that well, flex capacitor before we started. Every time we mention wormhole, and I've heard this mentioned in the podcast as well, all I think about is Stargate, and when I think of Stargate, I think of my, the best scene ever, which is when they're playing golf. Golf, through golf through the Stargate, yes. It's got to be a record. <laughs> how far in is the it? middle of my backswing? How far is it? I'm told it is 1.2 million light years. It's got to be a new record. That, by the way, is the best episode of Stargate ever. Yes. Okay, well, on with the show. We are back to our normal format here. No more prediction shows, no more recap shows. Um, we're even going to try and not make this uh We Told You So show, even though uh, some of our predictions are already coming true. We'll hold off on that. We're actually going to start We off did with- tell you so, though. <laughs> we're actually going to start off with some feedback we got uh, from uh, Hel- Helge. We'll just say, uh, we'll, we'll leave off the last name here. Helge, thank you for writing. Um, said, And this is in reference to uh, episode number 40, our prediction show for 2012. Nice list of predictions. I figure RIM is holding their own against the iPhone in terms of market share, new phones sold, and that sort of thing. If anything kills RIM, it would be negative buzz like predicting their demise. And then he has a little, like, kitty, smiley face, I think. And your response to that is? <laughs> my my response to that is is that um, you know thanks for the feedback we do appreciate it even if we don't agree with it and you're not you know obligated to agree with us either that's why it's called feedback. The thing is though is that it's not us predicting the demise. I mean, I mean we are, but four guys on a podcast aren't really going to affect Rim so much. Them claiming a four hundred and sixty eight million dollar loss on their last quarter. That is indicative of them dying. Yeah, a lot more people are going to be listening to that than than say us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we may point out what's 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 the absurdity of having two CEOs, 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, just that's tough. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you guys here, and I'm gonna say that we are influential enough that we are bringing about the demise of Rim. If it weren't, I really, have the power. If it weren't for these annoying four guys from Utah, I swear I could just pull this company back out. <laughs> we we are that influential. Deal with it. Next week we're gonna get we're all gonna get cease and desist orders in our mail. <laughs> all of Canada is gonna write us a cease and desist. Um, Stop talking about <laughs> the thing is um, the thing is Helge. Uh, all, all joking aside, is that Rim is not holding their own against the iPhone. Uh, they are currently they are still selling phones. They are still moving handsets. You are absolutely right on that. But when you look at who they're selling handsets to, it is still to government contracts and corporate environments. And they're the same holdouts that many of them still hold on to Lotus Notes for reasons that we as IT people fully understand. It's because they don't want to have to ever upgrade. And, you know, who's to say we're wrong in making fun of, or we're right, (laughs) who's to say we're wrong for making fun of them, really? You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing because those corporations, it takes a long time to roll these things out. But just picture yourself working at one of these places. They're still using Windows XP. They're still on IE7. And your boss is still rocking a BlackBerry. Well, you know, I think that this is a perfect example. We've all worked for a company who had no real identity and no way. I mean, they, it was amazing. They they got taken off the New York Stock Exchange while we worked for them. Things were so bad. Yet, they still thrive I, I'm using that term loosely, but they still thrive as a business and they're still able to remain profitable because they are in so in, deeply entrenched in certain industries that don't, like you said, they don't want to pay the money to upgrade. To upgrade. They don't want to invest what it's going to take time and, and um, infrastructure-wise to get rid of what they've got and change over. And I think that's exactly what's going on with RIM here. We've got all these corporations using Blackberries and they don't want to have to roll their people over to something new. Mm-hmm. That uh, I, I think that's exactly what's going to, what's happening. And I think for that reason, we may be surprised at how long RIM is able to survive just because of the fact that, Right, they're so deeply entrenched. They're they're like a wart that's down deep. You know, you got to dig out the root. <laughs> it's actually a new type of wart. You've heard of the planters? It's the rim. Um, before we go any further, um, Stark did put uh, put here in our our, our chat that uh, I did. I am a miss. I forgot to name our sponsors. Uh, better get that out of the way here. Stitcher dot com. Go there. You can download their mobile client to any mobile device and stream any podcast you want on demand. That's how I listen to the podcast in my car. Uh, all of our podcasts going all the way back to number one are all there on demand. You can also hear us at trekradio.net. We are played at noon Eastern Standard Time every Monday. And uh, occasionally, I understand, uh, we're, we've reached circulation. Or not circulation. Yeah, yeah or syndication. Yeah, every other hours. And in fact, I guess our, our year, uh, 2011 year recap show was so good uh, at least I, I would believe it because it's so good that basically that we end up being on their New Year's Day or New Year's Eve uh, schedule as well. We make good filler. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we make great filler. 
And by the way, we love feedback. You don't have to agree with us on the feedback. We actually want to hear other points of view. So feel free to send us any feedback. Well, now, I feel kind of bad here. Is that what you just said? What? What? Are we sausage? Is that what you're saying with the filler? We're the sausage? Sausage isn't a filler. Sausage is the main course. Pilaf (laughs) is a filler. <laughs> My goodness, man! But you can put Let's sausage in tips. <laughs> no, but then it's jambalaya. <laughs> Where's the jambalaya? <laughs> back to rim. Back to the rim wars. Um, <laughs> rim, not related to sausage at all. Um, <laughs> Title of the show: <laughs> Rim is not sausage. Now, um, Helge, not to, we're not belaboring your point, actually, here. We actually had this in our show notes long before I ever found out we had any feedback, but our very first he- headline is from RIM. Actually, our second one is, too. Um, this last week, if you went to the, the BlackBerry store, to the RIM store, uh, you could get a very awesome deal on a BlackBerry playbook, one that was not offered anywhere else. And it's kind of interesting in their pricing scheme. I'd call it insane. Others may disagree. But for an awesome price of two ninety nine, you could get a 16-gig BlackBerry playbook. Or for the awesome price of two ninety nine, you could get a 32-gig playbook. Hmm. Or for the awesome price of two ninety nine, you could get a 64-gig playbook. Wow. That's the same price for basically their entire stock, regardless of capacity. It sounds like a fire sale. It sounds exactly. It sounds like them trying to clear out stock. Um, now they're saying that it's not a fire sale. That it's not at all like the old touchpad sale that HP did. Um, but let's call this for what it is. It's them trying to dump stock as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Now on the tail of that, we also got word that they are killing all their BlackBerry 10 handsets except for one. They already dropped the Colt. Um, which I, I never saw any pictures of. Um, and then they also killed the Milan, which looked uh, much like, it, it looked a lot like the Torch. So they killed it because a lot of carriers did want to carry two of them, leaving only the London. I don't know if these are the actual names or if these are code names. Um, in the show notes, there's a link here to a Boy Genius report. i got to say, the London, it looks pretty badass. It does look pretty nice. It looks really yeah. nice. It, it it reminds me a lot of you know, remember a, a while back, a couple months back, we talked about uh, Sony bringing back the uh, the Walkman, Android based. Yeah, this yeah. kind of looks like that. It's, yeah, you're you're kind of right. I mean, uh, we're describing it without describing it, which makes for great radio. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a full touch screen phone with silver accents at top and bottom, with BlackBerry branding along the bottom. I don't know if they'd keep that. I hope they would. Cause in all honesty, it doesn't look out of place, and it does brand it as a BlackBerry. It's very strong. Now, that being said, BlackBerry's touchscreen implementations have never been strong. And in fact, their CEO, I don't remember which one, has specifically said in the past that touchscreens are a fad and they'll never make a touchscreen phone ever. But here they are making one. In all honesty, it looks like a Motorola Zoom shrunk down. Yeah. Now, the issue here is is that it is running BlackBerry 10, um, and... It's a QNX. Yeah, it's a QNX. No word yet on whether or not they've gotten BlackBerry messaging or BlackBerry email to work. And considering those are the only two things BlackBerry is known for, (laughs) we don't know when we're going to see this phone. It's a music player. (laughs) 
they'll offer their brand new music store. Um, now, in the same report, basically, they, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, we talked about this months ago. There was a Porsche-themed BlackBerry 9900 that was coming out. It was going to cost an absurd amount of money. You could only buy it from a Porsche dealership, and there was only going to be like a 1,000 of them made. Representatives... Yeah, no, the Blackberries. <laughs> and representatives from Porsche went to RIM headquarters, and from an inside... Inside report basically said the meeting was an absolute disaster. Is someone smashing their keyboard? Not me. Dude, who's the hard typist? Dude, someone WD forty that thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we don't want to say we, we told you so. There I am. There's the wormhole. <laughs> This is because did you hear you? I heard did myself. You hear your, yes. Did you hear your words before they came out of your mouth? Yes. <laughs> it's contagious. It's spreading. Uh, we don't want to say necessarily that we told you so, considering that uh, you know we're only we're not even a week into the new year. But this is very indicative of them trying to get rid of their hardware, slim down their handsets so they can center more on software. So. We will we will put this in the category of more to be seen later. Yes. More in the category of more to be seen later, a report has come out that Zoner may not have been so far off when he predicted that Google Plus would continue growing. Now, I personally see that this is slightly wrong. Basically, it says that it has seen massive membership growth ever since June of 2011. Well, there's a reason. It's it new. didn't. Yeah, it didn't exist before June of 2011. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like saying, you know, on day one there was only one person using it, and by day two there was five. That's a 500 percent increase. Well, woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the the big point on this though is Google recently um, surpassed the 62 million member mark with Google Plus. And they're saying that Facebook took four years to get that. I think that that's still not accurate, though. In, I, in all fairness, though, Facebook was exclusive only to colleges it, for four years. It was. It was. And also, I, and you know, so I, in all fairness, I, Facebook doesn't have a phone. <laughs> I, I think that this is a bit skewed. However, the numbers are showing that People are starting to turn to Google Plus, so um, I, I may I may be proven to be right on this one. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time but will it, tell. It's, it's I, looking I, like I am. I did meet someone who had a Google Plus account that had never had a Facebook account. So really, really, they are out there. Yeah. Did they have in, indoor plumbing? <laughs> Were they from North Korea? <laughs> I didn't ask actually. <laughs> Our lawyers need to say we use G Plus. Google Plus takes much less power on the bicycle generator, so we use that instead of Facebook. Flash games take too much time on bicycle. The cows die really quickly. Reminder, listeners, it's not racist because I'm Asian. (laughs) And yes, I know that's not true, but. All right. Speaking of not racist, no, I have no, I have no good segue. Um, the RIAA um, has decided that uh, they're going to just basically call themselves what they are. They're assassins. Um, they 
are not happy with the new direction they have. We should we should backpedal a bit here. Mm-hmm. SOPA, which we have talked about before, um, is not we're, looking we're, good. We're protesting against. Yeah, we're we're against, and it's not looking good. There is another one out now called the Open Bill. This is the one I was trying to remember last week, where it was supposed to be written by some of the people who are concerned about SOPA. And so they're like, okay, let's do some stuff about piracy, but let's not give unlimited power to the RIAA and the MPAA and any company that wants it. Right. They, they wanted to, to, to break apart um, difference on uh, copyright and patent infringement and, and get more granular on it. put in checks and balances, which is what, we've been, what, which is what we need in a legal system. Yes. Right. Well, now... They've decided, uh, by they I mean Mitch Glazer, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who uh, I believe he's one of the head guys of the RIAA, he's the number two guy, um, he has previously made headlines before when he spoke out against artists trying to regain copyright of their own stuff, um, and he has decided, yes. oh I know, hey, I'll just, I'll just, read the quote from the article here from TechDirt. The U.S. International Trade Commission, the ITC, recently reported that it will delay ruling on an important patent infringement claim brought by well-known camera company Kodak against smartphone makers Apple and Research in Motion. The case, originally filed in January 2010, now anticipates a ruling in September 2012. The delay now means that ITC will have taken 33 months to decide a high-stakes and time-sensitive issue. So this is the expedited process SOPA opponents are embracing as an alternative in the proposed open bill? <laughs> okay. Maybe someone should explain to the RIAA what a patent is and how it is different than a copyright. Yes, I was about to say that. <laughs> because they're not the same thing. It's right. like... it's. It's like the Chewbacca defense. <laughs> if you've ever, this is Chewbacca. Why is he an Ewok? It makes no sense. If it, if it makes no sense, you must acquit. It's, it's really the only way to put it. It makes absolutely no sense. But if you read through the article, it basically gets into the nitty-gritty of it that he, and by extension, the RIAA, which I have to assume he is speaking for, believe in bills of shoot first, maybe ask questions later. Give us the ability to simply do whatever we want, yeah, and we'll be held accountable later. Oh, did, was was I not supposed to do that? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, now now you can go about the uh, 12 month process of getting it back online, and that's the expedited. <laughs> yeah. So no so, big surprise words, there. We're still continuing to say. No, we do not want SOPA. No, we do not want Protect IP. Please keep in contact with your Congress people. Let them know that you are basically pushing them to push to vote no on anything like this. So. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that more later as well, because that's part of our talking point here. Um, also up on the Let's Sue Things hmm. board, I have no good segues this show. <laughs> Maybe this is just the the night. Maybe you should just say sausage between each each episode, each each topic. Is it like when you hear the tone change slides? Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Please sausages. You got the awesome picture of Zook in his Jordache jeans and feathered hair. Yeah. Huh? What? 
From the film strips. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, the last time I watched any of those film strips, Jordy LaForge was being sold into slavery, and then he turned into O.J. Simpson. Ah, <laughs> oh, the power of Hollywood. My name is Kunta yes. Kente. Yes. Um, so, anyway, back to suing news. Hasbro, and keep in mind, if you're listening to the show and you're going, that's not recent news, remember, we haven't done the news for three weeks, so this is kind of all-encompassing. Hasbro has decided to sue Asus because of their new Transformer Prime tablet. They're saying that it infringes on their property, the Transformers, who has Transformer names by the name of Prime. They also have a Transformer Prime toy line. Now, on one hand, I could kind of see where they're going with that and why a Transformer Prime, just I mean, just that combination of words seems so out of nowhere. Of course, it's going to be infringing on our Transformer Prime. But on the other hand, if you are familiar with Android, you know that the pinnacle device is typically called the Prime. Right. Right? The Nexus you, Prime. You have the Nexus Prime. You have... The prime rib, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think they should have called it the Transformer Optimus, personally. <laughs> well, see, and that's where it gets kind of confusing. That... <laughs> because the Transformer is almost a year old now. They never said anything about that. Right. Well, no, and it's named the Transformer. Transformers hanging on the power poles outside? Exactly. <laughs> well, what's funny is the fact that the Transformer was so named because it actually transforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at the keyboard. And... Yeah. It's a laptop, and it's a it's a tablet. Who is getting an Android tablet confused with a Japanese robot? And it, it, it more than meets the eye on some of these things. Well, I broke my Transformer tablet because I was trying to turn it into a tank. <laughs> and so I, I don't understand where the gun goes. <laughs> I got so confused. And then there's Narsicon that transforms into itself. <laughs> I thought that was Schizotron. <laughs> I it actually took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> no, the engineer in that in me went to work. I'm like, how how would you do that? Could you? Uh, no. No, wait a minute. He's joking. You just rotated around. There you go. Here's a mirror. <laughs> Well, the, the Transformer Prime is facing some other problems, or rather I should say it was, was facing some other problems. It's been resolved. Word came down, came that, down. Th- that the Transformer Prime was bootloader locked, meaning that if you were an enterprising person, such as many of us, you could not root the thing. You could not put your own custom ROMs on it. Now, as currently the world's only quad-core tablet, that got a lot of developers and a lot of fans really up in arms about it. So much so that... In the time it's taken this show to come to the air, Asus has rescinded that, and they are going to release an unlocker for the bootloader. So, power to the people. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that really goes to show the power that consumers have. I think it also goes to show how much Asus actually listens to their customers. So, good on them, really. Yes. Yes. Um... Tap, tap, Sausage. Tap, 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 tap. Sausage. Movie. <laughs> I can't do that. You just did. <laughs> so and that worked. Roku. Now, who here? Raise of hands. Again, horrible radio. Who here has Roku? Stark, I, I believe you I, have I, it. I, am, I, am I the only one who doesn't? Yes, you are the outlier. You need here. to catch up with the rest of us, yes. 
yeah, with my uh, seven-year-old media center that ev- is evidently more advanced than anything. Um, <laughs> Roku is actually innovating in the home theater space. Now, I, I say that sounding kind of surprised, but the truth is there really hasn't been a lot of headway by any one company in the home theater space in the last ten years. HP tried making home theater PCs. They stopped because it was just it didn't make much sense. Uh, Windows Media Player and Windows Media Center really hasn't seen huge leaps and bounds since the original XP model. Um, Myth TV hasn't grown a whole lot. Roku looked kind of like, and maybe I'm going to catch some flack for this from you guys, but Roku didn't seem like they were going to be innovating something to the point that they'd be around to the degree they are now. I mean, if you oh, yeah. guys... If you guys, yeah, if you guys look back to when Roku first came out, I guarantee you didn't think they were going to get to this point. Right, they, they, were, they, were, they were contending with some other big hitters, um, and, and it didn't seem like... It, it, they were the cheaper option in, in most cases, but you're right, it, it didn't seem like they were innovating anything at the time. So, Well, well you know, I, I, I have a Roku, and it's hooked up to my TV, and I never use the thing because I have devices that do everything that the Roku does. Yeah. And it doesn't involve me changing my HDMI input. Right. So, in so. a sense, they're still kind of... Well, actually, I'll take this back, and I, we're getting off topic here, but I would say that when it comes to home theater PC or home theater power users, such as the four of us and many of our listeners, there isn't one, this is what the people want device, because there isn't one, this is what the people want demographic Right. That probably sounded very convoluted. I hope you understand what I meant. But the point is that we're all wanting... You can't please everyone. (laughs) Yeah, we all want something different. Well, in looking to that, Roku has announced a new device that I think is just amazingly innovative that they are hoping to release here soon. Uh, None of us saw this coming in our prediction show. It plugs into a HDMI jack. It's a very specialized one that only a few TVs have right now. But it is... No, no, it's HDMI. No, it's HDMI. It's called the Mobile High Definition Link. The little small one that goes on the back of the TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. what an HDMI is. You have to remember, Stark is still using his <laughs> Boulder computer. Well, no, I've got, I've got, I've got a TV with, uh, with a, with a USB port on the back, and I've used it to upgrade the TV, do, do uh, um, firmware updates on the TV. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when I first saw this, I thought it was going to go into the uh, USB port on some. No, no, no. This, I guess is, I... this is HDMI. The idea oh. is it's one of the newer MHL ports, which actually provide power and data through the HDMI as well. Some TVs have it. More will be coming out, and it provides a Roku box in the form of, you know, frankly, to go back to what Stark said, a USB stick. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any of the storage. But the idea is that it has a wireless client built into it, and it has all of Roku's programming and its core guide functions, so it can pull media yeah. from the rest of your network automatically. It, it uses the TV's network interface. It uses the TV's power. It uses the TV's remote system. It, it basically hijacks the TV up for all of its hardware functionality. So, so the Roku device itself, all it needs is power, power. Yeah, the, the, which it, is getting from the TV. All it uses is its RAM chip for its operating system and ports it to the TV. So, in, in in layman terms, let's imagine that Google TV, instead of being a Google TV device, was a USB stick you plugged into the side of your TV, and it basically turned the TV into a Google TV. I can see them doing something like that too. So, yeah, it's, it's genius. 
Because Roku's also been coming out with additional box tops that they're going to allow you to plug your over-the-air television antenna directly into. So you're not having to, like Zoner said, switch between different devices. You're just using one device to bring your signals into the TV. Right. And I was going to write to them and say, hey, really cool idea. And If you do this, I will go buy one. Besides having that dongle to go ahead and put in the uh, over-the-air antenna plug into, go ahead and put in uh, a... a uh, a DVR device in your Roku boxes, boom, you've got a set-top box that does just about everything. You don't have to set up, like, stuff through your computer and going through the the Xbox 360 and stuff like that. I think that's probably the next step they're going to go on. Almost another prediction. I know yeah. it's a week late, but... Well, and, and here's a prediction. If Roku keeps going the way they're going, I might just jump ship to Roku. I've been a mm-hmm. big proponent of Windows Media Center since I built my very first one. It, to me, it just makes more sense. It's more capable. But if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to become a real good option for me. And it, it's very possible that they become a contender with Google TV and, and Apple TV. Uh, you know, the, the kind of the kind of over the market or, or a, like a set top box contender with those guys. Yes. Yeah. Right now, they're they're they're. I don't see them on the same level as those guys, but but they're they just wait. Get just yeah. wait. Apple's going to release their iTV. And it's somehow going to be not compatible with this device. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 sausage. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm putting a stop to that. We're moving on. Uh, an interesting <laughs> little headline came up this week. Uh, Zonar, I think you put this one in, didn't you? No, I put it in. Now, f- forgive me if I didn't read through it because I didn't read through it. But there was a lot of words is, is that, and that basically a uh, was he a CEO? Basically, a, a high company employee um, basically got fired from his company, and when he got let go because he had his underlings basically logging onto his LinkedIn and posting stuff on his LinkedIn for him, that when he got fired from the company, the company changed the password, changed the name, and changed the photo on his LinkedIn account and claimed it as company property. It's actually it's a, it's a her. Oh, her, sorry. Now, but, to be fair, it looks like if you read through the article, the company had been using her LinkedIn account as a kind of a Rolodex of all the company's contacts. Mm-hmm. They were using her LinkedIn account almost like um, almost like you would a Facebook company page. And that's their first mistake right there. Why to- don't they develop their own? It was a total mistake. But the <laughs> point is, is that it was still hers. And they yeah. hijacked it. And all of a sudden, these people who had added her as a contact, suddenly, that's not her anymore, and I don't know who this person is. Yeah, how did I get to this? Because you, know, you, you, for those of you who haven't used LinkedIn, you can recommend people who you've worked with or you've done business with, and it kind of builds up a little rapport for that person. And some people can use that for job opportunities and growth advancements and stuff. I've actually put some LinkedIn recommendations on my resumes before, which has gotten me jobs. And if this person's given re- recommendations to people and all of a sudden that name's changed... Yeah, so it's... And unfortunately, the the company has basically put in there that she tried to misappropriate company information, company contacts, company knowledge in this account, in this LinkedIn account. And that's why it's actually now hitting court. 
She's suing for control of it back. They're trying to hit her with misappropriation charges, and the court is entertaining it. Wow. I I think that could establish some bad precedent there. Very bad precedent, but we'll have to keep an eye on that, see what happens. Um, I'm going to jump past the next one. We, we can get back to it if we have time. So, sausage, sausage. Sausage, sausage. Um, sausage. So, file sharing. <laughs> oh, you skipped that one, too. Okay. Skip that one, too. Triple sausage. <laughs> oh. Ooh, we'll that's almost that appropriate based on what that <laughs> Oh. Okay, now we have to go back. So, minus one sausage. <laughs> My wife just walked in as we're recording this. She's giving me the weirdest look now. It's like, when, so we when did you guys this. change genres for your podcast? Um, <laughs> welcome to the Geek Food Talk <laughs> show thing. Today, macaroni and cheese and sausage. The sausage, right. So Nevada um, is opening or has approved or someone is opening in. I uh, honestly didn't read the article because I didn't. Care, but we'll go with it anyway. A sci-fi <laughs> themed brothel. <laughs> so beam on down. I'm not really sure how they would advertise something like this. Well, first of all, you think they'd have to avoid copyrights by not calling them Orion slave girls, slave princesses, Vulcan sex slaves, and all sorts of other innuendos that we've had all over the genres of sci-fi. But essentially. If you do want, legally want to have sex with a blue-skinned woman, and I'm looking over at Zoner right now because I know some of his preferences. Right. <laughs> Amy, oh, his, Amy Allen. His wife is into that. It's okay. <laughs> Amy Allen. How many times have you drooled over Amy Allen? If you just have get her for Mountain Jedi? Con here and freaking make my life easier. <laughs> Why do I need to be your be the pimp here? Because okay? you were the you were the chairman, sir. <laughs> I can just imagine the daughter. Anyway, I just want to brush her hair. <laughs> now, reading the, the articles. Now the wife is really looking at me weird. Anyway, so we're not really sure if the brothel itself, like the building, is going to be sci-fi themed or I. We're moving on. Make, Sausage. As, as <laughs> As you leave, the, they're just going to say, may the whole be with you. You're good to go. You've been Sauce. waiting so long to say that, haven't you? A freaking day! I'm going to eat that out, you know. <laughs> You're going to eat that out? <laughs> That's a triple sausage right there. <laughs> okay, All so... All right, so sausage on. Uh, file sharing, um has been long prosecuted, persecuted, both, actually, uh, by many different uh, countries around the world, where a gentleman in Sweden has been trying for two years to get it officially recognized as a religion by the state. All power to the servers. Well, (laughs) after two failed attempts, he has now succeeded. (laughs) There's an actual church... Um, and I don't know if this is just Swedish, and that's why I can't pronounce this, or, but uh, it, it's a pronunciation guide. It's copy me. Copy me. That's what it means. It means copy me. Copymism. It's copy me is what it means. I, I was reading one of the articles. That's, that's genius. They had a, and it, this is what this is how you pronounce this. And I went really. 
Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's genius. In any case, there's an actual church now. Um only in Sweden. It's only recognized in Sweden. The idea is, and, and he pointed out, he wasn't trying to make a joke of it. He's basically trying to turn it into something that would help take a lot of the legal backlash on file sharing off. He said it's an actual belief. It's an actual way people live. Um, they feel the need to share. They believe that information should be free. In which case, I think a lot of us kind of agree with that. Not that I'm signing mm-hmm. up for you know to get missionaries to my home. But, uh, <laughs> in any case, yeah, if you were USB ports, <laughs> um, it is kind of a joke because the the sacred symbols are Control C and Control V. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not making that up. Talk uh, how we we didn't know how to pronounce it. It's spelled K O P I M I. So that's that's why we were having the wondering about how it's being pronounced. Copy copy meism. Yes. All right. Um, finally, let's let's jump into. Um, let's actually do the the military one now. Uh, it turns out that the military, the Department of Justice or Department of Defense, I should say, has an entire part of itself dedicated to non-lethal weapons. They they so, they, they develop stop. things that don't kill. So like shotgun, um, bean bags, tasers, things like that. Yeah, only. The, Magnified because it's the military, right? Speakers playing only Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> brown noise, a whole lot of Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, well, <laughs> it turns out that one of their handbooks or one of their idea books, rather, was found and leaked to PublicIntelligence.net, and so it is now up on the internet. And we provided a link to the PDF. And if you read through some of their ideas, you almost wish they'd just shoot you. they're talking about aerial beams that can hit you from planes at altitude that cook your skin or rather I'm sorry give you a tingly warm painful sensation to the skin suddenly I have a green refreshing mint flavor (laughs) the the sting ball grenade it doesn't kill you it just gives you leprosy oh thanks I appreciate that um, yeah, there's like an entire uh, riot control agents allied in multinational operations, the use of force, um, <laughs> everything, human electromuscular incapacitation devices. Well, we know what those are. Those are tasers. Airburst non-lethal munition, like rubberized fragmentation grenades. <laughs> rubberized smart bombs? <laughs> it's like hardcore nerf. Now that you put it that way, now I'm excited for it. <laughs> now, what's interesting is that uh, a malodorant. Well, if uh, I had to go back to my Latin, I'd say that's a bad smelling thing. So why is it described as a 155 millimeter artillery round? <laughs> it smells really bad. That's an awesome stink bomb. Don't do that in the hall at school, kids. They used to. They used to. And when they were laying siege to castles and stuff, they would they would chuck bodies and and dead cattle and dead pigs over the walls, in in, in an effort to drive them off uh, out of the castle. Yeah, except in today's military, it actually has a much more fancy name. It's like I don't know, deceased bovine artillery round. <laughs> of course, they've got to pay somebody to do that. <laughs> I wonder if there's a cool acronym for it. 
All right. Well, uh, sausage, that moves us into our talking point. Um, not so gracefully, either. Uh, we talked about it a bit before with the whole um, RIAA and SOPA and Protect IP. Well, we, we've centered a lot on the U.S. side of things, but as it turns out, throughout the rest of the world, other countries are also doing their own things with the Internet that we would find just downright criminal. Oh, Wait, so their have, politicians are getting paid, too. Well, that kind of makes you wonder the whole, what Zolano was saying, not what Stark was saying. Uh, we'll, we'll start off here. Um, Belarus has recently passed a law that said, and it's written specifically for businesses. If you're a business within Belarus, you are only allowed to go to other sites hosted in Belarus, and you are only allowed to host your site in Belarus. Do you know how many sites are hosted in Belarus? Uh, I can count them on my hand. What is it, like Belarus.gov? <laughs> no, because it would be gov.bl. Uh, <laughs> what's the Belarus? Uh... Uh, BS. It's BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. It really is .bs. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I want. Oh, I want to go and buy that government.bs. It's <laughs> <laughs> also, also my initials. So. <laughs> no, it's it's actually by. Oh, so. by. Oh, okay. Darn it, I, be, I like BS more. The problem is is that the, wor- the way the law is worded, if they find you violating this, they can send you to prison and or take all your money. Oh, and by the way, they may also occasionally sting private citizens who are doing it as well. <laughs> wow. So basically, if you happen to be a Belarusian business owner or citizen, just don't use the Internet. If you're listening to our podcast, hide under the covers. If you're listening to our podcast and you're in Belarus, um, I'm sorry, I don't think we're going to get a local mirror up for you. (laughs) Um, you Moving over to Spain, Spain passed their own version of SOPA, which, of course, they call soup. Um, (laughs) See last week's show. (laughs) It's it's aimed at, it's called the Cindy Law, and I'm probably mispronouncing that because it's probably actually a Spanish word. Um, Schmitty? Cindy Law? What? S-I-N-D-E. Oh, that's not anything I recognize. In any case, it creates a government commission that right holders, meaning copyright holders, can engage in, can engage when they feel that the site is illegally illegally distributing their content. It's kind of like what the DMCA is now for the U.S., only much, much faster. Tap, 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 tap. Faster than the that banned in Germany are going to be banned in Spain now, too? Pretty much, exactly. Um, moving on into uh, Iran. Iran is looking at blocking off the Internet to basically all of its citizens and creating a new nationalized Internet. Now, this is different than what China does. China has its own firewall in place, which blocks off its citizens from, what, from just content that it deems... Um, unpatriotic. And in North Korea, they just don't allow their citizens to have electricity. Yeah. So, the question becomes, what is happening to the Internet? Or what do we think will happen to the Internet? I mean, we're from the U.S. We're all kind of spoiled when it comes to the Internet, quite frankly. We believe that it's our right. It's a human right to have the Internet. It is... 
you know, how dare anyone try and get involved and take it away from us. But as we can see is happening across the rest of the world, far larger things are happening with the Internet. Well, they're starting to become a movement, and I haven't had a chance to look into this too much, where people are claiming... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, go ahead. Somebody will start. He got all... He's, he's all choked up. Sorry. Not, not the was, Internet. Uh, no. Not the Internet. No. No, there's starting to become a movement where people are starting to claim that having access to the Internet is starting to become a human right, and not the physical access of being able to get on and play your stupid you know, cow games on Facebook, just how much of the internet is becoming useful in our daily lives and requiring our daily lives that they're claiming that they should actually allow people to have access to the internet. And I haven't really formed an opinion on it yet because there's some things I think are, are human rights and other ones that I'm wondering if they really are and stuff like that. But basically I'm like, yeah, now, the internet is becoming huge and it's becoming a part of our life, but can you, would, can you not function without it? Now, what's really interesting is the fact that I, I've gone back and forth on that. I believe that it was a human right, that it's in, it, that it kind of goes hand in hand with just communication, where the idea is is that you shouldn't be able to say no, we're going to take communication from you. It's like taking away someone's nine one one access in my mind. Yeah, that's. And and you can't because so many so, so many so many government agencies when you try to call them. They're like, oh, yeah, it'll be an hour and a half for you to talk to us about your unemployment, or you can go to our website where the information's a lot faster. Mm -hmm. But, and then I just, I just read uh, an article um, yesterday, believe it or not, by Vinton G. Cerf. If you don't know his name, you should, because he invented the Internet along with one other person. Went back when Al it was Gore. Just a, yes, back when it was just a military <laughs> secret. He Al is Gore literally... Terry, and you know it. <laughs> he is literally one of the co-inventors of the internet, and he still works for Google as kind of a, a, a internet evangelist for them. And he it's even points it, out that it right. is not a human right. He brings up the idea that it is not a human right, and instead it is a facilitator of human rights. He points the argument he brings up, and I, as since reading it, I've kind of changed sides to agree with him is that it, people always cite that it's free speech. It's free speech. You can't cut off the Internet because that's my free speech. But the point is, it's not free speech. It is a facilitator of free speech. <laughs> it's, it's like a megaphone, basically, at a, at a rally. Right. You can take away the megaphone. It's not silencing the person. It's just making it a little bit harder for their message to be heard. So the question is, is that if this is not a human right, if this is not killing free speech, but simply changing or forcing um, the people who are protesting or who are blogging or who are, you know, commenting or who are not happy with our feedback. Um, if it's just simply <laughs> changing the way that they can express themselves, is the way these companies, the, sorry, not companies, countries are suddenly restricting the Internet really, I mean, what does it mean? I, I, again, I go back to our question, what is does this mean for the future of the Internet? Well, because what happened in the Arab Spring is that they were using Facebook, Twitter, e emails, instant messages to go ahead and coordinate um, their protest and their speeches. So we can, we've seen it used as a tool for good, 
But whenever somebody uses something for a tool, other people are going to try to take that tool away. I mean, how many times? All the stuff that happened in Iran a couple of years ago, when everybody was changing their uh, Twitter locations to Tehran just to confuse the Iranians, the Iranian governments and stuff. So it's 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 not being used for its original purpose. It's continuing to evolve, and I think the internet's going to continue to do that. They're already setting up new law or trying to trying to repeal old television laws that talk about how cable companies are monopolies. Just so, just because they said the internet is now giving the cable companies a run for their money, can it continue and, to do that though? If if we're starting to put these restrictions on it, going back uh, to our prediction yeah. show, let's say SOPA does go through or Protect IP does go through. Now, after reading some of these other headlines, we can see that SOPA and Protect IP, while horrible and draconian aren't really the worst that could happen to the Internet, right? I mean, I mean, we could be living at any one of these other countries who have far worse happening. Can the Internet continue to evolve if we're suddenly throwing limiters on it and forcing I, people I, to use other it, communication? It, it can, I but think, at a slower rate, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're definitely going to stifle that innovation that 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 the freedom will promote. I, I've said it before. I like the fact that the Internet's the wild, wild west, you know, and I'd like to see it stay that way. Once you start implementing restrictions and laws and all this stuff that they're trying to do with it, how long before we're behind a great firewall, you know? How long before we can only access the Internet at certain times of the day and we can only go mm-hmm. to certain sites? You know, how, at, at what you point... Watch us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, at what point do we have the government monitoring every single thing that we click on on the Internet? You know, I, I mean, I, really, I don't like the thought of of where this could go. Yeah, and none of us do it. But it's but I I I see your point that you know it could get so bad that you log on the internet and the only thing you can do is Google search, but not click on any links, or or maybe not even Google search. You have like one or two pages you can go to because oh I, I can go to Comcast.net and and their you know their partners the advertisers who paid to have stuff there to Comcast I'll yeah. see. But but at the same time, it it might not, might I mean it might not be that bad where they put these things in place but never act upon them because there's so what? much out there that it, it would take so long. Well, see, and I going off what you guys say, let's let's say this all comes to pass. Fast forward five years, five ten years, and to me, it sounds like the future you guys are describing is a lot like the early AOL where there really wasn't anything online. If you wanted something, it was actually within AOL's sphere. You wanted chat, that was an AOL feature. You wanted, I mean, and that was social networking. You wanted web search, that was AOL's. You want to write something, like an email, that was AOL's. If I'm understanding you guys correctly, what you guys are all kind of describing kind of falls back to that. uh, Stark, you mentioned Comcast. If you're a Comcast subscriber, well, then you have access to the Comcast fan. And Comcast main site, and maybe Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but only because Comcast has their own portal into Wikipedia. And see, companies would love that because then they could try to put everything behind paywalls, but we don't want that because, almost going back to that religion thing we talked about earlier, a lot of this information 
while we have to be responsible with it, still should be free. And and see, you make the you make the comment about how it sounds like the old days of AOL. AOL was awesome because we didn't know any better. Yeah. We now know better. AOL is not awesome. I do not want to go back to AOL. Right. If we reverted back to something like that, sure, our next generation might not know any better and, and love it, but we would be itching in our chairs like, I need my Wikipedia fix. I need my YouTube fix. I can't get that. Back we, in my day. <laughs> we, we would go back to the DDS systems. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. That, we that would be our wild, wild west. Yeah. And I would like to, uh, of course, the RIAA does not listen to our podcast. RIM evidently does, hence why they're all going under. But <laughs> <laughs> And RIM's investors. Yes, indeed. But I would like to point out to them to who think that putting these different restrictions in place will help stop piracy or help stop, you know, people who are... Or help your bottom line. Back in the day before BitTorrent, back in the day before... Audio Galaxy and Napster and any of these other places were news groups. Yep. Alt twenty six hundred. That's where I got my software from back in the day. And yep. before news groups, there were BBS systems where yep. you could pirate software that way too. I mean, I worry that even if they tried to, there is no way to stop people from doing this. Right. Take away their megaphone, I'll just make one out of paper. Yeah, the, mo- and the, the moment you basically try to... It's almost like when they say, this is unhackable. This is an uncrackable CD. This is an uncrackable program. You'll never be able to make copies of this DVD. They almost look at it as a challenge. <laughs> True. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> they put their troll face on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, I I really wish that I really wish that the government would just kind of back off and let the innovation with the internet take it where it's going to go. And if it happens to be that people start demanding paywalls, let the paywalls come up. If people Until want then, we need nice to give government stops taking your money from the different sponsors who want the internet and other things to go their way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree that it's kind of a scary future looking us back in the face when it comes to what's going to happen to our Internet as we know it now. Right. It's but still really, going to be trucking porn. Yeah, it really, it's, it's one area we can't predict because we really don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> sausage. So there we are moving on. <laughs> so it be written. So it be sausaged. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Let's move on to our favorites. In our favorites, uh, I'll start off, of course. Uh, we had talked about, I think a couple shows ago, how the uh, Internet Explorer team at Microsoft are actually hacking everyone's computers. And if you are using Internet Explorer 6, it will be upgraded, uninstalled from your machine, and swapped out for the newest version of Internet Explorer that your computer can can take. Their idea was to get rid of the last 8% of the people on the Earth who are still using IE6 and just nuke it. Which is so (laughs) Yeah. Well, evidently they have a bit of a sense of humor because they made up a bunch of shirts. This is the actual (laughs) IE team that uh, did this. If if you look at the link, it's it's an EKG graph, like a, a heartbeat monitor, where it's heartbeat, 
heartbeat flatline, and it's labeled IE6. Where the whole entire idea was, we are killing you, IE6. We loved you, we made you, we're killing you. And the caption oh, to it is, there. XP, you're next. Oh! <laughs> Wait. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. That means you're... That means you still haven't upgraded to XP. <laughs> Stark in his wood-burning computer. Oh, he upgraded? <laughs> Yeah. No, I, 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 I do need to go up to seven. I, I, since I work with seven in my office, I want to go to seven so badly at home. Are you seven? No, I'm talking about uh, Windows seven. That new DOS seven. I heard it's pretty swag. Well, then we can get up Doctor DOS. All right, Zoner, you're next. Okay, um, I got a video this week. It is um, Chris Hardwick. And Will Wheaton on some show over in Europe, maybe I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know what show this is from, but it's freaking epic. It's basically Will Wheaton sharing his wisdom regarding the Kardashians. Um, it's about fifty seconds of him just railing on people who have no talent, who make millions of dollars while he himself struggles and struggles to hone his craft and create something of value to people, and yet we got the Kardashians. So (laughs) it's freaking awesome. Check it out. Will do. If you're not following Will Wheaton on Twitter, he's a good one to follow. (laughs) Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton. (laughs) All right, Stark. All right. I had two of them, and I was trying to decide which one I wanted to do, and they both dealt with Indiana Jones. And you know what? As much as uh, the fake Ford watch, uh, Harrison Ford watches Indiana Jones for the first time, which was really somebody had photoshopped him playing his video game, reacting to the video game, acting like he's reacting to to his movies, was kind of interesting. I still think Raiders of the Lost Archive is better. Essentially, somebody has gone through and from probably about 70 different films from like the 1920s to the 1970s found almost scene for scene the opening to the Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. Um, And basically, it's very well done, very well edited, very well put together. I wanted to give a thumbs up to it and say, hey, guys, check this out. This is like we tend to do with our favorites. So very cool. That's pretty cool. All right, my favorite. Uh, I, I had a hard time finding a favorite this week, so I fall fall back to my uh, default that Dorkly Bits um, posted a few from it before. Uh, this particular one is uh, Pac Man playing Skyrim. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> he's he's lounging on the couch playing Skyrim, and uh, Mrs. Pac Man comes to to rail him out and uh, um, ends up Pac Man uh, doing some Skyrim related yells, and uh, so. Give it a watch. Give it. A, give it a laugh. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Does you know, Pac-Man have teeth like the old, like the old grandma doesn't? He does not. <laughs> back, back when uh, when when you first mentioned this, I was thinking, okay, he's playing Pac-Man, so he's really glitchy. He's scaling the side of a mountain, or <laughs> he's not, he's riding the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's catapulting his horse into the next town. All right. Well, that is our show. Uh, that, that is our sausage. No, no. no. <laughs> you might want to edit that one out. Uh, that, well, that, that is our show this week. 
that is our show this week. Uh, special thanks to uh, our feedback. You know, we do appreciate it. You can get us at feedback at stolendroids.com. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Or leave comments in the show notes at stolendroids.com. Special thanks also to our sponsors, stitcher.com and trekradio.net. Uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day. Sausage. <laughs> <laughs>